When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. Dog. Hello. Welcome to a very special episode of the Queerty Podcast hosted by Jay Jordan. That's right. Gabe is out this week working on something very special for you guys. But I'm here and I'm ready to get into it. You are listening to the Queerty Podcast, a brand new weekly show from Queerty and Forever Dog, where we will be covering the news, politics, and pop culture impacting the LGBTQ plus community. And today we have truly got it all. We are going to be talking about a president that, shocker, actually complies with federal law. I know, some sexy news from Australia and the Puerto Rican thirst trap I will walk into every time. We've also got the iconic, the legendary, the problematic, but she came back like a boomerang. Ira Madison III is here, who will talk to us about his hit podcast, Keep It, Padma Lakshmi's recent political pizza delivery. And we'll be talking about some of Ira's takes on the Queerty Award nominees. But first, we have a few headlines in a segment that we like to call Catch Her Up. Biden repealed a Trump-era ban on transgender people serving in the military. While many people in the community are celebrating this move at a federal level, trans people still face discrimination on the state and local level, as evidenced by two bills in Montana House of Representatives. One of these bills limits how trans youth can participate in sports, and another prevents trans folks from accessing gender-affirming care. So these two bills in Montana suck Sucks, 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 sucks. Chase Strangio with a ACLU called attention to these issues a week after one of the Montana bills passed on his Twitter. And he wrote, state bills get about one one thousandth of the coverage as congressional and federal executive action. But it is at the state level where conditions for federal actions are built. We ignore it at our own peril. So please, please, please realize that local elections and state elections and midterm elections, they still matter. So think about this when you're voting, think down ballot, and more importantly, think of the trans youth. The second bit of catcher up news, and this is a bit more celebratory, Jojo Siwa came 
out. Yes, that Jojo Siwa. We're talking Dance Moms Jojo. So Jojo Siwa came out, I want to say in three different ways, but officially the YouTube star came out publicly through an Instagram post. One post was a video dancing to Born This Way. It was a little dance at the TikTok Queer House, and it was to Paramore's The Real World, but the particular verbiage was Now You're One of Us, and everyone was like, what's going on here. And so <laughs> I guess the ultimate kind of nail in the straight coffin was her posting a video where she was wearing a best gay cousin ever shirt. And she said she got it from one of her cousins, which is the nicest thing a cousin can do. And I say that like, if you don't have a gay cousin, uh, chances are, <laughs> look in the mirror. So some people say it's long overdue because there's been some speculation regarding Jojo Siwa's sexuality. But Pump the brakes. She is 17. She's also busy dancing and making money. So don't try to drag people out of the closet. None of us have to do that. It is 2021. Let people come out in their own time and on their own schedule. That being said, there were some people who were a little mad. I saw on Instagram that one woman posted, my child will never listen to you. And Jojo Siwa's response was, okay, exclamation point. So I love that for her. I'm very excited. There are plenty of grown men who are JoJo Siwa fans as well as evidenced by the first season of Canada's Drag Race. So we're very excited. We can't wait to see what this does to the drag queen Lemon's impression of JoJo Siwa. So good for JoJo Siwa. The most queer thing you can do is upset straight parents. So keep it going. This is some news that I can definitely tell Gabe is responsible for. So <laughs> this part of Catch Her Up is going to be dedicated to Ricky Martin's Bleach beard. I don't know where y'all thought that was going, but it's about Ricky Martin's bleached beard. I'm looking at the images now and Ricky Martin was always a handsome man. So the bleached beard, it doesn't, it's a lateral move in my estimation, but it's making, it's making some headlines. Gabe loves Ricky. I like Ricky. I am excited for this move. I mean, whatever you can to give more likes on Instagram. But yeah, Ricky Martin bleached his beard and he look he looks good. He looks good. Muy guapo. Did you did you got see? Yeah, I took I took Spanish too. I know what's up. And those are our headlines for the day. But, 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 but before we bring in our guests, we've got one final story that we're calling the weird news piece of the day. It's confounding. It's bizarre. It's kind of funny. But mostly it just shows that we might be in a simulation. Joe Exotic, yes, Joe Exotic of Tiger King fame, says that he was too gay for a Trump pardon. I repeat, Joe Exotic says he was too gay for a Trump pardon. The full, I guess, release or tweet was that he was too innocent and too gay. <laughs> too innocent and too gay for a pardon. Joe Exotic is currently serving time for charges related to the sale and abuse of animals as well as murder for hire plot. His legal team was petitioning former president, whatever his name is, for a pardon. And there was a limousine set up, a pickup truck limousine. I'm from Mississippi, so it actually sounds kind of classy. There was a pickup truck limousine ready to take him out of the jail. And when Trump was handing out all those pardons to people like Lil Wayne, 
Payne, Michael Flynn, Kodak Black. Joe Exotic thought he was going to be on the list. And it turns out, like a lot of Manhattan clubs, Joe Exotic was not on the list. So he tweeted or got someone to tweet for him from prison that he was too innocent and too gay. And I just want to say too innocent and too gay is also in a lot of people's search history. So I'm happy that a criminal is staying in jail. Uh, and, and that's all I can say about that. But we're going to move on to today's guest. I cannot speak highly enough about this person. They are not just a writer. They are a trendsetter. They are an icon. And depending on the day, they might be Beto O'Rourke on Twitter. Recently, they've written for the Netflix show Daybreak, and they are currently working on the upcoming animated series for Netflix, Q-Force. And of course, you know him from the podcast Keep It, which he hosts with Louis Vertel and Aida Osman. Today, we are joined by Ira Madison III, Applause, applause, applause. Ira, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And yeah. also, I mean, thank you for the introduction. I'm wondering if I should start using um, they, them pronouns now. <laughs> you have done quite a lot. Now, Ira, I am just a substitute teacher. Miss Nelson is missing. I'm by all the swamp. And I'm very excited to get to talk to you about all the upcoming projects, but also get to talk to you about a little bit of a competition between yourself and I. But first of all, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about the genesis of Keep It. It's become an iconic phrase on the internet. I hope you get money every time someone types it. But tell us about how I you birthed this do not. baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my apologies. I will not be asking for gifts. So how did you birth this baby? There, there came a certain point online where I had this column called Delete Your Account for MTV News. Mm -hmm. And basically, Hillary Clinton, once she tweeted that at Trump, the phrase was over. Yeah. Unfortunately, she killed it. Yeah, and, hot sauce uh, in my was, bag, swag. Yeah, was not that funny anymore. Needed something else to really just sort of like express my disgust with the news or like when, when you just like didn't want to hear something about like Mel Gibson starring in Sex and the City 3. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just, 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 oh, you know, a fantasy. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just coming up with options, spitballing here. The second one was racist, so he fits in. Um, <laughs> so you would just say, keep it. Ira, you know, can I, like, can I, don't I hear. posit something? I mean, the end of the first one might be a little racist, too. If you give the only black woman in the film an ugly purse. The purse is so ugly. True, <laughs> truly ugly. I love J-Hud. As you know, I'm currently writing a film for her. So. Wait a second. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm writing a Christmas movie for J-Hud. No, at the we know. It was on Twitter. Everyone was very uh -huh. excited about it. Well... I was not on Twitter when that news came out. <laughs> uh, could you tell so us why I you weren't no on Twitter? To could it. you tell us why you weren't on Twitter? <laughs> I was I was suspended. I'm, I'm tired of talking about this. I yes. was suspended for impersonating better or work. That's 2020 stuff, Jay. You won Snatch Game <laughs> that week, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not Snatch Game. You won Snatch Game for impersonating Beto O'Rourke because sometimes he's an Irishman that impersonates a Latino, so I get it. Hilaria O'Rourke. I get it. Um, 
actually, I cannot <laughs> wait for Gabe to hear this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tildes and accent agues are everywhere right now. But um, enough about some of the silliness that you get into. I love both of your co-hosts on Keep It. Both of them have a special place in my heart and in my Twitter and Instagram followings. But I want to hear about some of the times you've been like, oh my gosh, I love this damn podcast. I simply love the podcast every week. You know, every week is a moment of clarity, you know, a moment of zen, just something that um, truly the other girls aren't doing, can't deliver, and never will. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Wait no, a second. Hold no. on. That's um, a, that might be one of the best MC Deb impressions I've ever heard. <laughs> she's about to do what she's about to do, and she's about to do what the other girls should have did. Um, no, actually, in, in all seriousness, we've had a lot of guests that I love on the show. I think a recent favorite was Gabrielle Union. I love when we have someone on the show who has like something interesting to say, you know, uh, and it doesn't have to be someone who's like interested in activism, you know, it was very exciting to talk to Gabrielle, you know, about Zaya and also about her own activism. Anytime someone comes on with something more to say than, you know, I'm in this movie, you know, and I've worked with like this director in the cast, like it's all nice, whatever, uh, you know, like yes. Kat Dennings is on the show this week and a lovely conversation with her because, you know, we reflected on her time in Subro girls um sitcom acting we talked about like you know marvel universe stuff and all the ndas that you have to sign underrated linchpin of the thor franchise cat denning the only reason yes. the first movie directed by kenneth brownoff famously and it was a good shakespearean film but the comic relief of that mm -hmm. first thor yeah well people should listen to that episode because we talk about how she knew natalie portman from prior to that film and it was actually her relationship with natalie when they started rehearsals that made her character bigger in the film she was only supposed uh, to be in two scenes look at that that's what you you understand so cat dennings i'm pulling the cat dennings i will probably be on five more episodes of this podcast i will make my role bigger <laughs> now i'm not gonna get into why you were absent on Twitter for a little bit. But I will ask you. I'm still you, gone. I tried to come back again. And, you know, once you are suspended, that means like permanently. So they no. found my new account and it's over. But I'm, but, I'm happy to live. This is the 2021 vibe. But we're you've done so much for criminal justice reform. I don't know why they would <laughs> suspend you. I mean, you, know, you and Kim got so many people out of jail, but now you in you. jail yourself. Uh, you know, <laughs> 2021 is all about being off the grid. You know, I'm going domestic terrorist this year. No. You know? <laughs> oh, no. I thought Dom teased him for something else. But OK, um, listen, this, you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? Because I said something inappropriate, we're going to take a tiny break. But when we come back, Ira will still be here. We're going to answer some very contentious questions between himself and I. So quick break. And we'll be right back. And we're back with Ira Madison III, host of the Keep It podcast. And this is a section of the podcast that we like to call And the World Shook. I want to revisit something Gabe talked about, and it is about fear around HIV, but more specifically fear around 
PrEP. Now, one HIV organization called Usage of PrEP, the War Against Prevention. And there is a lot of talk whenever PrEP first came out about fear-based tactics in confronting and preventing HIV transmission. Ira, how do you feel about the way that people are marketing PrEP? How do you feel about the way that people are maybe judging people who are on PrEP? And how do we move forward as queer men, specifically as queer men of color? I'll be even more specific. As Black queer men in major metropolitan areas, how do we make sure that we kind of find that balance between fear-based, but also prevention of the transmission of HIV? I'm on PrEP. I am on Descovy. As am I. Yes. I take it every day for no damn reason because I'm not seeing any man that I'm seeing as my damn roommate. So... That is beautiful. But, you know, it's it's odd to, you know, even hear about these conversations, you know, because I thought we thought we jumped over that hump, you know? Yeah. And this is in conjunction with things like HBO Max's It's a Sin coming out. There are a number mm-hmm. of things that kind of like have these conversations pop back up in queer circles. I am a queer man who is currently on a prep regimen. I take Discovy. I got to do a swab. Both of them every three months. Uh, I have Mm. great veins. So it's a discussion that we should have. But I feel like the binary of like, oh, we're demonizing people who have contracted HIV and we're demonizing and we're fear-based spread versus information and accessibility. I feel like that needs to be a bit more of a dimmer switch Mm -hmm. more than like... uh, a dimmer more than the switch. You don't just need to be like, oh, you're trying to scare people. No, but compounding health issues disproportionately affect my community. So I would love it if every queer man out or not had access to PrEP. And, yeah, I mean, and black women is, too. The problem is that like, you know, it's not just, you know, queer men. Um, women should have um, yes. access to PrEP as well. Everyone should, to be honest. Um, and obviously HIV disproportionately affects communities who aren't white. Um, communities who don't have access to health care um, or the proper health care that they need. I just personally think that we still talk about HIV in, in, in sort of sort of odd terms. There obviously is the need to be um, out and proud of your status. There's many writers that I know that write about being HIV positive, George Johnson, for instance. But the underlying thing is that it started as a health crisis in America globally. But, you know, America really didn't do anything um, Mm -hmm. during the AIDS crisis for so long. And people dealing with their status um, has nothing to do with what we should be doing to still prevent the spread of it. Because, like, we should still be focused on that, you know, ending it. Um, And we should also be focused on protecting other people from getting it. And so, I don't know, I think that everyone should have access to it. Um, I wish that everyone had access to the healthcare that could get it for them, because it's not just about PrEP, you know, it's about vaccines, or it's about people who have died from the coronavirus this year, because it has affected many of those same communities, because those are people who don't have access to healthcare or hospitals, um, you know, that would protect them when they caught it. You know, there's a reason why some people get it and then seem to be relatively fine versus other people who have underlying health conditions, which um, can cause their death. I think that the most important thing you can do when framing that conversation is do what 
Ira just did is say this is a health care issue, which is an inherently political issue. And these things don't exist in a vacuum. This is a race issue and this is a class issue. And when you frame it like that, then you can have conversations that are a bit more nuanced, that are intersectional and that are calling people in instead of like Hmm. pointing fingers. Our country has a history of Republicans in office letting people pass away during a pandemic who like to be on TV. So Mm -hmm. we have a bit of a guide on what not to do moving forward. And it sucks that it took so long for there to be a generic prep to get out there. I mean, that was one of the most upsetting things is a bit of corporate greed Mm -hmm. made it so that a lot of people couldn't have access to what could have been life-saving care. And more people need to talk about it. I want to, yeah, I just, just want to highlight that I was talking specifically about, you know, like I thought we had gotten over, you know, the media, specifically queer media, you know, how we talk about prep. You know, I obviously know that there um, there isn't enough affordable options of it. You know, um, I know that I get it for free, but that's not what everyone's health care gets for them. Agreed. And the world shook part two. This is the second situation that we want to talk about. So famous from Top Chef and a bit of a, I want to say comedy fan, Padma Lakshmi delivered Mm -hmm. pizzas to workers striking for a raise last week in New York. Now, this is a feel-good story. I like this action way more than I like any other sort of virtue signaling because this is actionable and this is actually helping people. And I wish more celebrities and people who are in that echelon of fame where they can do something did things like this. I love that, Padma. You know, like people have been opening their purse, but also open up your wood fire oven, you know, (laughs) Um, give pizzas to the folks. I think this is great. I mean, it, I, don't, I don't think there's any other opinion to have on it. It'd be weird if I was all of a sudden like, man, fuck that. Man. I know why we ask people questions like this. Okay, so there's a bit of a vibe going on right now on the internet where someone says, oh, well, they didn't do enough. And that ain't enough. No, that's enough. If you helping people eat during a pandemic, I'm happy for you. I don't have nothing negative to say about that. It's like when people get mad about, I'm gonna start a little bit of drama right now. It's like when people say, ah, oh, nothing has changed. Just today, they announced, I think it was yesterday, that they're not going to be drilling for oil or like messing with water on federal land moving forward. That's a big step. Y'all, come on now. Come on. Tiny incremental steps. Most people think insularly, you know, and when incremental change happens in the world, if it doesn't affect them personally, they don't view it as change. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. I like that. That's a very succinct way to say, grow up, (laughs) y'all. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not out here, you know, like, repping my Biden gear. um, Because I think wearing the gear of a a president is creepy. You don't got a a Biden swap me shirt? I had had a shirt that I wore during, like, election times. But, like, I don't need to be rocking it now. That's weird. (laughs) You don't want to be one of those people who's like, he is your president. Uh, okay. I'm not, a, I'm not a stand. I'm not going to the concerts. I'm not hitting up Aww. the merch table. I, re- I really was excited <laughs> for us to be Joe Biden's Silk and Diamond, and you have ruined that dream for me. <laughs> mm, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of people 
<laughs> who have gotten in a little bit of trouble. We have reached the point of the podcast where we play a little game with the guests, and the game is called Let Me Get You Canceled. So this is how this works. We introduce a terrible take, something that is demonstrably and objectively bad. And the guest, in this case, Ira Madison III, has to defend it. So are you ready to play... Let me get you canceled. Child. Okay, yeah, we're going to play. Okay, so on the third episode of Keep It in 2018, you rightfully dragged Amarosa, who was booking, I think, $50,000 speaking gigs after her departure from the White House, just kind of capitalizing off of being part of a shitstorm inside of a dumpster fire. So for today's Let Me Get You Canceled, Ira Madison. The challenge you have in front of you is please list five reasons why Amarosa is the perfect guest speaker for your university special event or corporate retreat. I mean, first of all, she was great on Celebrity Big Brother. Okay, that's one. Mm-hmm. Two, she was great on Celebrity Apprentice and actually <laughs> managed to um, take the stereotype of the angry black woman and, you know, use that for monetary reasons. She gamed that system, which was made by Donald Trump. We have two, two astute points. She was with Michael Clark Duncan. And, you know, so like she can tell you how to bag a baddie. (laughs) Okay. Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. For her ex-husband is a family member of the husband of someone I used to work with. So I'm just keeping it in the family. <laughs> okay. I, that is, you know what? Personal reasons are just as valid. And this is the fifth and final reason Amarosa, <laughs> Amarosa is the perfect guest speaker for your upcoming event. On Bethany Frankel's television show, she told her, I worked in the White House. You made cupcakes. Oh, yes. And you know what? That's the real skinny girl. That was a drag. That's the real drag, drag, Bethany. Ira, I want to thank you so much for playing Let Me Get You Canceled and defending Omarosa. Because I don't know if everyone knows this, but Black people have to do that routinely. Because between Black people, we'll be like, I can't stand Omarosa. Oh my gosh, she's getting on my nerves. But the minute a white person says I can't stand Omarosa, I'm like, well, let me tell you why she is important. So just thank you for doing that. I don't do that. But, (laughs) you know, there are so many things that are just lost to the world with the Twitter account. One of them was that Omarosa used to follow me. What? I, remember I never you... saw. I never saw what she was tweeting about, though, because her account was private. Her account was private for the past like year, and I did not follow back. Oh, all right, Ira, you want to play another game? And this isn't really a game as much as it's a tête-à-tête between you and I, because I want to ask you about the Queerty Award nominations because they are live right now. We're encouraging all of the listeners of the podcast to go vote for their favorite nominees at queerty.com/queerties. 2021. Let's go over a few categories, but you could tell me who you would vote for. The first category is going to be badass of the year. The badasses include Pete Buttigieg, Steve Kornacki, Mary Trump, Sarah McBride, Christian Cooper, Alice Wu, Elliot Page, Ray Mix. And so who are you thinking? Did you say Pete Buttigieg? I did. I did say people. <laughs> that's okay. No, I said. I said Poop Beatajesh. 
Well, whatever that means. <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> I said Peter <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'd go with Elliot. Elliot Page, look mm-hmm. at us. Look, look at us. And Elliot Page, star of Juno and X-Men films. Also, Christian yes. Cooper. Christian Cooper. I, I want to shout out Christian Cooper because that's another Marvel connection, but also as an avid bird watcher, a lot of people want to make fun of the Amy Cooper situation, and it was not fun. Black people do face violence from white people in situations like that. So enough about the bad asses. Question, though. What? I re- I'm not question more of a statement. I really hope that when the X-Men are integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that Pride... Mm-hmm. Um, Shadow Cat yes. is uh, a trans character now. See? And guess what? If we go back, I want to say it was the X-Men Gold run that happened three years ago. If we look at styling and if we look at, I want to say, Kate's outfit then, Elliot could easily pull it off. Also, one of the best fighters. Trained under Wolverine and like is... Uh, one when possessed by Ogun, like has ninja skills. So mm-hmm. the character of Kate Pride, played by a trans man, a proud trans man, Elliot Page. Come on, Kevin, Kevin. People in Marvel, y'all need that. Do more mm-hmm. of it. Okay, next question. The Anthem of the Year nominees include Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, Rain On Me, Perfume Genius Jason, King Princess Payne, Ricky Martin Simple, Lil Nas X Holiday, Sam Smith Diamonds, Choice of Uneasy, Kim Petras, Malibu. There are a lot. There are a lot. What's your anthem? I mean, none of those songs turned me up like Rain On Me. Okay, Period. true, true, true. Period. Rain on me with a really good VMA performance too. I don't think enough true, people talk true about good the VMA performance. When that song dropped too, I think we were all shook. Can I admit something? I was a sour candy baby, and I was mm. content with sour candy. I was content mm. to just enjoy sour candy, and then Some rain on me. Candy. That rain was a on bop. me. Rain on me really came in and slapped me upside my head. Mm-hmm. And, and when you play it, like it's just it's it's anthemic. It really is. And it got a lot of straight dads to dance on TikTok. So good for good for rain on me. All right. <laughs> and this is probably the most contentious category. I teased it at the beginning of today's episode, and now I'll say it flat out. The Queerty Awards have a podcast category. And the nominees for Podcast of the Year include Attitudes, Les Hangout, Race Chaser, Savage Love, The Bald and the Beautiful, Sibling Rivalry, Sloppy Seconds, Psychobabble, Keep It, and a little podcast I might have been a part of, The Rear View. So Ira, I just, I can't imagine you have a favorite podcast in this category. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Race Chaser wins every year. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to DM Willem. <laughs> I'm going to DM Willem. I will accompany that with a photo just so he makes sure to open it and at least pays attention. Yeah, Race Chaser is going to be the favorite, but we don't know. Uh, a little a scrappy underdog like Keep It might fight through the ranks. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, I don't know if we're really an underdog. <gasps> oh, okay. There it is. That's the ego I wanted to see. <laughs> I, I cannot say enough good things about you. Where can the listeners find you on, so- on social media? 
Uh, you can find me at Ira the Third on Instagram or at um, iramadison.substack.com. Subscribe to my newsletter, Frank. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Ira Madison the Third. Please, please, please listen to Keep It Podcast. Vote for the Keep It Podcast unless you want to vote for, I don't know, the rear view. But you can. No one wants to. You can. No one wants to. But I have been begging. I have been. I'm sending out pictures. I'm doing whatever. Patrick Rogers voted for Keep It. <laughs> oh, oh! So Patrick, did Chester. Patrick and Chester and Monique all voted for Keep It, and mm-hmm. I voted for Race Chaser. So you know, we'll see. <laughs> um, Ira, once again, thank you so much for having fun and letting me play substitute to Gabe. My glasses and my mustache are nowhere near as nice, but it was wonderful yes. to see you. It's wonderful to see you too. I hope Gabe knows that this means that he don't get a do over. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no Gabe Gonzalez will he'll he'll find a way to get you to come back a year from now and especially when you can talk about Q-Force whenever it comes out so thank you so much for coming thank you for having me <laughs> keep that I did keep not that know what that sentence was keep gonna it, I didn't know where that sentence in. was going keep it in don't you even think about taking it out Queerty has been a joint production between Forever Dog and Q Digital. Queerty is typically hosted by Gabe Gonzalez, but today it was hosted by yours truly, none other than Jay Jordan, produced by Andrew McGuire, engineered and edited by Shireen Lani Yunez, music by Gabe Lopez, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, Alex Ramsey, Scott Gatz, John Hallback, Dan Tracer, and Melissa D. Monks. Yeah.